Greetings, it's Terry with Cottage in the Court. Is it hot enough for you? It's pretty hot for me. I'm spending more time in my garden in the early morning and in the cool of the evening as opposed to the middle of the day. This morning as I grab my water and my iced coffee, I went outside and I sat. I had to observe my garden because this year I have a container experiment going on. And boy, am I getting a workout. Trying to remember to water each day or every other day. Picking the peppers as they produce. I want to make sure that production doesn't slow down. And finding things to include in my lunch as I work remotely most days. This morning, I pinched blooms from my signet marigolds and I added them to my mom's recipe for egg salad. Placing a dollop of egg salad on top of a piece of toasted wheat bread was just divine and perfect for midday lunch. I also noticed my oregano was blooming and I thought I better cut those blooms because I can surely use them for some oregano butter that I will smooth onto an ear of fresh corn, perhaps this weekend. And then I had to think, what is my favorite cookbook of the summer? Well, it's a throwback book written by a friend of mine. Eat Your Roses, Pansies, Lavender, and 49 Other Delicious Flowers, written by Denise Schreiber. I chatted with Denise recently, and of course she had me cracking my side laughing, because that's just how she is. A fellow garden communicator, and someone I truly call friend. Let me share with you my chat with Denise. Maybe you'll get a few gardening tips. Let's see. Hi, Denise. How are you today? Good, Terry. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. So, Denise, who are you and why should we know you? So I'm based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am a Steeler fan, if anybody cares or hates us. Um, I am also known as Mrs. Know-It-All of the Organic Gardeners on KDKA Radio. I am a former greenhouse grower and horticulturist for Allegheny County Parks here in Pittsburgh, which encompasses about 12,000 acres of parkland. Whoa. So it's, you know, it's bigger than what people think. I have been involved in horticulture, gardening since I was probably five when the um, we had tomatoes. We lived with my grandmother and so my mother thought nobody fertilized the tomatoes so she went and fertilized the tomatoes and then my dad thought nobody fertilized the tomatoes so he fertilized the tomatoes. Then my grandmother thought nobody fertilized the tomatoes and she fertilized the tomatoes. And as a result, it turned into a jungle, and I was the only one small enough to get through it. 
Oh. You'll find the tomatoes. <laughs> so now you promote fertilizing tomatoes, huh? <laughs> oh, I love tomatoes. You know, my, my favorite summer dish is I get a tomato, I go pick it out of the garden, I cut it up into pieces, I throw some, uh, I dry my own basil and I crumble it all over it and I put some uh, chopped garlic on it and drizzle a little olive oil on it and a little bit of salt. And I let it sit to kind of just marinate a little bit and then I just have that and I throw some good uh, pecorino romano cheese on it and a couple of croutons and I'm a happy camper. Yeah, yeah. Now I will use um, buffalo uh, mozzarella. Okay. Mm, have it. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's my favorite thing. And, you know, I grew up, you know, we grew carrots. You know, my grandmother had a really nice loamy soil in her garden. So, you know, I'd go pick carrots out and take them over the hose and wash them off. And I, you know, rip off the little tip of the root and I'd sit there and eat them. To this day, I do not eat cooked carrots. I only eat raw carrots because I just love that sweetness. Wow. Of the, of the carrots. So you yeah. grew up in Pittsburgh. That's your home. Yes. yes. Okay. I, Grew, grew up in a town probably 10 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And now I live probably, oh, about 18 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. And I'm in the suburbs. Oh, People wow. are always surprised. Yeah. You know, the, the city is very, the footprint's very small. Metropolitan Pittsburgh actually encompasses several counties. Okay. So with all this hubbub about gardening now, because, you know, gardening is the new buzzword now. Um, what tips do you have for people that all of a sudden have a hanker in the garden? You know, I, I tell them to ask an expert, whether it's somebody at the garden center, somebody like you and I who are, you know, members of GardenCom, ask an extension agent. You can go to the extension websites. They have information about gardening. Um, there was recently an article, I believe, in the Washington Post where the woman said, oh, you should grow raspberries and blackberries and all kinds of things that, you know what, for the beginner gardener, that's really too much for them. And I'm not saying beginning gardeners are stupid, but you want to start off with the basics. You don't grow 22 tomatoes. You right. don't grow, you know things that aren't going to do well in your area. Example for here in Pittsburgh, green bell peppers, California wonders do not really do well in our climate. Instead, I mean, we can grow them in most of the commercial farmers will, but Cubanelles do much better here and jalapenos and all of the other, they do very well here, but the, the California, but so when they're growing these and it doesn't do well, they think they did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's just that they haven't been given the proper information or, you know, there's all the stuff you see on the internet, which just makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you need to know your zone. And would you say that uh, the California wonder peppers don't do well because of your soil type? Our soil type. We have a heavy clay soil here mm -hmm. and we also are, while, Parts of Pittsburgh are zone 6B, which is where I am. I'm in the southern part of the city. If you cross the rivers, if you ever see us, you know, the three rivers on TV, once you cross that river, it starts getting colder. Um, and a lot of times they're more 6A 
than uh, 6B. So, uh, you know, the, our topography is very definitive as to your growing zone. Mm -hmm. If I had 45 minutes east, I go into zone five. Wow. Because it's up, it's up in the Laurel Mountains. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot colder there. But our soil is very heavy. It's a clay soil. Mm -hmm. And while clay soil isn't the most desirable thing, it actually does hold a lot of nutrients and moisture, and it, it retains the pH at about 6.8, which mm -hmm. is really good for growing most vegetables. I hear people saying, oh, I'm going to put mushroom manure in, and I got to lime my garden. No, don't do that, because there's a range for most plants to grow, and it's usually between 6.8 and 7.2. Mm -hmm. That's where they are at their optimum growth. You know, there's a few odds and ends like blueberries that are like way down there. Um, but, you know, people just want to grow all this stuff because they're like, they're, my niece is a good example. My niece called me up. Her and her husband have an, a new home. Uh, it's new construction. And she said, I want to put in a garden this year. And, but I don't know what to do. So at least she knew to ask me. Right. And I took a look at it and I said, do you have access to a bobcat? Because, <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately they actually did. A friend of theirs had one a, like a block away. Uh, it, their soil is new construction. It's all rock. The grass mm -hmm. is barely growing. I said, dig out as big a space as you think you can handle. So it's actually like nine by seven, which is a good sized garden. They're a young couple, no kids. Mm -hmm. And um, they're going to put a garden in. I said, you know, order some topsoil. You know, I gave her the list of, you know, some local garden centers. Always buy local, always buy IGCs. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they got that. I'm growing. She said, you know, I just want to know where my food comes from. I want to know that I can go outside and go you know, if I want a tomato or something. So I'm giving her a cherry tomato. I'm giving her a um, tomato called Whopper from Park mm -hmm. Seed, which is a good all-round uh, mm -hmm. eating tomato, good producer. Mm -hmm. And I dug up some chives out of my garden because you can never have, you know, they'll always be with you. Yeah. Dug the chives up. They're in a pot for her. I'm growing some basil and parsley for her. Mm -hmm. and I have um, some peppers, and um, I have zucchini for her, because for a family of one, you only need one, or a family of two, you only need one zucchini plant, unless you're a crazy person like me. <laughs> I love zucchini. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a big vegetable eater. It comes to zucchini. I could, zucchini parmesan. I've got a great zucchini casserole that I make that it's involves garlic and mm. cheddar cheese and some onion and some saltine crackers and I make it my son-in-law is like oh you made zucchini casserole so I plan on actually making uh, some small pans of it this summer and freezing it I was going to ask, could you freeze it? It is I, freezable. I, I have a big freezer. I can freeze it. You can't freeze it. You can kind of freeze zucchini raw, but it's really watery, and mm -hmm. you can only use it in a third. So I would rather cook it. I make zucchini bread. I make zucchini blueberry bread. Um, I got a recipe from a mutual friend of ours, Martha Swiss, for sinful chocolate zucchini bread. 
Oh my. Oh, it's, oh, it's deadly. It's absolutely deadly. And you know, it's like I made it into little loaf pants. Yeah. Uh, just because I'd sit there and eat the whole loaf myself. <laughs> but, but when you freeze little things like that, that's like freezing a bit of summer. Yes. And I freeze corn. Now, I don't grow corn, mainly mm. because I can't compete with the deer and the raccoon. Mm. And so I go to the farmer's market or I go to a uh, local farm market and I'll buy, oh, maybe a bushel of corn. Mm. And then I husk it. You got to husk it. That's always fun. And then what I do is I um, blanch it. And the really easy way to get corn off the cob mm -hmm. is to get an old tube pan, you know, cake pan, tube cake pan. Yeah. Put it on top and you take a knife and just take it straight down and you catch all the juice and all the kernels in the pan. And um, then I freeze it in um, packages uh, enough for me and my husband. Uh, you know, and so if somebody's having dinner with us, I take two packages out. And it's more than smart. Enough. That is a smart way to, to savor the gifts of summer. I never thought about a two pan. Hmm. My mother taught me that. And, and I do a lot of canning too. Um, people, you know, a friend of mine from high school, she said, well, you're really the mother earth. She said, but I'll bet you're really glad you are mother earth now. Um, yes. You know, with yes. food prices, I make um, some preserves uh, and I like to be creative. I'm a Connie Fair junkie. I love to enter them because I really like those ribbons. And I've got a lot of best of show and judge's choice and blue ribbons. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I make a lavender blueberry preserve. Uh -huh. And I make pickled beets. And, and people look at me like, pickled beets. Oh, they're and delicious. My, my vegetarian friends don't like pickled beets. This just kills me. Oh, yeah. I but, love pickled beets. And actually, when I was pregnant, you know how they say pregnant women like pickles and ice cream? No, mm -hmm. I ate pickled beets. I couldn't get enough of them to the point the doctor said, you've got to like lay off of them for a while. <laughs> and, but mine, uh, my recipe actually comes from a master food preserver. Oh. And um, she has taught classes for years. And she gave me her recipe for wine jelly. Mm -hmm. And so I make a Cabernet Sauvignon wine jelly that's so pretty. And one year I actually won best of show for it, but I couldn't find it. I'm like, where's my jelly? And then it's like, no, it's over in the best of show. It's like this deep blood red clear jelly. It, it looks like a ruby. Wow. And it's very tasty on some crackers and cream cheese. I'll have it at a party. The, the recipe doesn't make a lot. So that works. That works and fine. Then, um, I make pineapple preserves. I make applesauce. I like chunky applesauce. And I don't add uh, like cinnamon or any spices to it. Mm -hmm. I can always, I find that unless your spices are extremely fresh, that they lose flavor mm -hmm. after a, a period of time. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather add it then. And then sometimes like my grandson, he likes applesauce. He don't want cinnamon on it. He just wants applesauce. Yeah. He just so wants the real fruit. Add. Yeah, after the fact. So, uh, if memory serves me correctly, didn't you write a book? Yeah, I did write a book. And it's called Eat Your Roses, Pansies, Lavender, and 49 Other Delicious Flowers. You think I eat a lot? 
<laughs> if you grow it, you got to eat it. That's so, right. What's your best recipe from that book or your best uh, hint or tip from that book? Well, there's a, there's a couple really great recipes, and some things can go sweet, some can go savory, and some can go both. So lavender, for example, obviously I make the lavender blueberry preserves, but you can soak lavender stems and actually um, put them in a grill and smoke your food like chicken, or you can chop it up uh, very finely and mix it with a little honey and... Um, take a chicken breast with the skin. That's the important part. You gotta have the skin and you tuck it underneath and let it sit for about three hours in the refrigerator. Mm. And then you bake it and it just gives it a lovely scent. Yeah, you know, lavender can be overwhelming. You don't want your food to taste like perfume. Right. So you can do that. Um, we took roses, fresh rose petals. Mm -hmm. And the more fragrant the flower, the more flavorful the flower is and we would chop it up and we take all the little bitter white piece off at the bottom chop mm -hmm. it up and mixed it with black cherries pitted black cherries and just served it as a compote on roast beef cold roast beef oh wow that sounds delightful i love black cherries i that's my favorite and fat and blackberries or blueberries are my favorite fruit and then uh, one, of the, the, one of the big hits when I used to have the Edible Flowers Food Fest is nasturtium. So we did two things. We made a roasted red pepper soup with nasturtiums, and then we would put a nasturtium leaf on top, float it on top, and put a dollop of either creme fraiche or sour cream, and then put a little flower on top of it. Plus, we had shredded... Uh, nasturtiums into oh. the soup my husband suggested adding some vodka to it and it was just sort of like the perfect meal you know you got <laughs> alcohol and 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 nutrition and it was pretty actually, true right <laughs> and you know what you didn't even really have to cook it all you'd have to do really is blend the peppers with uh we used vegetable stock but you could use tomato juice and you know put it in a blender and then just put it in the cups and serve it that way. And then the other thing we did, and, and my girlfriend came up with this idea and she regretted it afterwards, but she took the nasturtium leaves and we used a mixture of uh, chevre and lime basil and some chopped up, uh, uh, chopped up lime basil mm -hmm. and chopped up sun-dried tomatoes. And, mm. and then mm. just put a little bit on it and rolled it up and then tied them with a chive stem and then tucked the flower into the end of them. It was the most popular thing we ever served. People were like, oh my God. And they were like popping them into their mouths and like more. But it took her and three other people five hours to make 200 of them. Oh my goodness. Well, presentation is everything sometimes. Yes. <laughs> You're passionate about it. Yeah. So is your book still available? It's available online through Amazon as an ebook. Okay. So you you can download it that way. Okay. And what else do you do? Because I know that you're you're pretty popular up there in Pittsburgh. Well, um, I do write for some trade magazines um, mm -hmm. because of my background, and I teach some classes. I teach a home gardener certificate course. Mm -hmm. 
And what's nice about that is it's hands-on. So I teach them propagation, which is not something that you can get. So, and I do the easy stuff, you know, like I know everybody takes pothos and cuts it off and sticks it in a base of water and waits till it grows 10 feet. Mm -hmm. What I'm teaching them is how to propagate African violets, mm. Christmas cactus, do some root cuttings on some plants and how to start from seed. And pe people don't always know how to start plants from seed. Uh, you have to read the directions on the seed packet. That's right. a problem. People don't always read. Right. So a lot of times it'll say needs light for germination, which means you just press the seed into the seed mix and give it light. You're not covering the seed. A good example are impatient seeds. They really don't like to have their seed covered. Mm -hmm. Then there's something like salvia, which people call red sage. Mm -hmm. And that's a little trickier. It actually requires the seed to be um, heated uh, in a heat mat. You can buy them at garden centers covered 85 degrees for two days. And then you drop it down to 65 degrees and take the cover off. And then you get much better germination. So stuff like that sometimes can be a little tricky. But right. for the most part, you read the directions. Mm -hmm. It's like read the label. You know, um, so that's how people do it. Seed starting is very easy. It's just, you know, there's some, there's some plants, I think it's like Lewisia, which is a rock garden plant. Germination mm -hmm. period's two years. Who's right. got time for that? <laughs> exactly. Really. By the plant. You know, <laughs> lavender, lavender and rosemary have very low germination rates. So when you buy seeds, they're actually overpacked um, because they have irregular germination. Parsley takes almost three weeks to germinate. Yeah. You know, um, and what I tell people to do is get a calendar with big blocks mm -hmm. and, you know, you get your seeds and get your seeds early, get them in January. Right. Um, you know, commercial growers to actually get their seeds in August the year before to make sure they have enough. And what you do is you look at what, you know, if it says germination is 10 to 14 days. So count on two weeks. And then harvest of or bloom time, whichever you're growing, is 75 days. So you add that 14 to those 75 days. You know, it's not 75 days from the day you plant it. It's 75 days after it's germinated and you can actually plant it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so get a calendar and, and count backwards from whatever your last frost-free date is, of course, this year. Who knows? Really? Um, typically, we use Mother's Day mm -hmm. uh, uh, as our, it's actually April, but we use Mother's Day as our planting day. And you count back like 20 weeks and like 2019, 18, go back that way. And then what you do is, okay, on Monday of uh, week 17, I'm going to sow my zinnia seeds because zinnias are very quick. Marigolds are very quick. Beans are very quick. There's other things. Eggplant needs to be started in February. It, t it has a long time to germinate and to grow. Wow. You know, wow. So, and there's some things, if you don't have the time, go, go buy seedlings. It's really right. simple. Go buy, go buy seedlings. If you buy seedlings, then you would cut off 
that time or would you still count the same? You, How would you, you do that? You would cut off the germination time. You would still allow for the harvest or flowering time. Six you know, to eight like, weeks uh, from planting. We, we had talked earlier. I, uh, I'm growing celery this year and I bought plants. I bought mm -hmm. seedlings because I don't have the space to do the celery needs um, really cool germination time mm -hmm. and you know I either had freezes or <laughs> it was warm so it was easier for me to buy the plants I bought 10 plants still going in my actually they're already in my garden and it prefers cool weather mm -hmm. so you know it's, it's easier for me to do that tomatoes on the other hand I you know I grow them from seed every year I grow peppers from seed every year I've done, you know, I do basil, I do parsley, you know, thyme, everything. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can do them from seed very easily. They're, they're pretty easy, even for the beginners. If they're growing flowers, some of the things like uh, pansies, mm -hmm. they need total darkness. So not only do you cover the seed, but what I used to do was I got one of the humidity domes and I would put that over it and pansies like cool germination. Mm -hmm. And then I would just put a piece of newspaper on top just to make sure it was dark. thing that you mentioned, a lot of people that are not in this industry do not know. What is an IGC? Independent Garden Centers. And, and why you know, should we support them? Well, you know what? Because they're the same people give poinsettias to your church at Christmas. They support your little league team. You know, if you're having a project at the school, you know, they're usually right there, you know, if you need something, you know, they'll provide like uh, senior recognition night, they'll provide the flowers that they give mm -hmm. the seniors as, you know, they parade through the auditorium or on the field. Mm -hmm. They're mom and pops. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're, they're there for us. We yes. should be there for them. Yes. You know, and, awesome. you know, and not only that, they get better quality plants and a lot of of the wholesalers and I'm talking like proven winners and you know other people and not necessarily proven winners they will only sell some things to the big boxes but certain plants they're only going to sell to independent garden centers because the big boxes have the same old plants you can go to a Lowe's in Arkansas and a Lowe's up in Montana and they're going to have the same plants pretty much whereas an independent garden center is going to have you know a variety of things and I mean there's going to be some uh, garden centers that are they're going to have the run of the mill if you want some different things start asking for them you know say can you order this for me now ah. you, and not all garden centers will cooperate mm -hmm. um like down in your area, so well, for what I know of the area, I can think of three garden centers that I've shopped at because I know where garden centers are. And unfortunately, I shop, I shop at a lot of them. Uh, so there's Thanksgiving Farms down there in Frederick. Mm -hmm. And she's got a lot of really cool things in there. Mm -hmm. And then there is Surrey Brook, which is in Myersville. Mm -hmm. And they have some really unusual things, a lot of succulents there. And then Valley View Farms in Cockeysville. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, actually I was in all three of them last year. And I brought home, a, <laughs> I, 
I brought home all kind of really unusual stuff too. Yeah. And you know, when I'm on, you know, me and my girlfriend, we go on a trip. Oh, let's go find, what gardens can we go see? And let's go yeah. find some garden centers. We literally filled a Nissan Armada, which is the largest SUV that Nissan makes. It, it's like a tank. We literally filled it. In fact, we took our food out of the cooler and put our plants in there so they'd roll around <laughs> in the back of the car. Well, next time you come down, you've got to visit Homestead Gardens. Oh, I was there too. I'm sorry. I did my info. I know there was one I forgot. In fact, there was a plant I was looking for. And uh, a woman came up to me and she said, you know, can I help you? And I said, do you have such and such plant? And she looked and she said, no, you know, we must be out of it. I, I can order it for you and I'll come in. I said, well, I don't live here. I live in Pittsburgh. She said, really? I'm from Pittsburgh. And, and I said, she said, yeah, I was just up there for a reunion. She said, I went to this little school called St. Anselm's in Swissville. And I said, what was your maiden name? And it was Rose Malloy who graduated a couple of years before me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it, it's a very small, uh, the school is, has been gone for, I don't know, 30 years. And, but we have a big alumni reunion and I'm one of the co-chairs of the reunion. <laughs> and I'm like, as soon as she said, you know, you know, St. Anne's was like, okay, I have to know who you are. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Gardens and garden centers and garden people. We are all one big community. Yes. You know, and, and I can claim friends in this industry from Canada to Australia to Central America, you know, and it's like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And now I am one of those people that, you know, I know somebody. If not, I know somebody who knows somebody. Um, <laughs> that's, that's why you're Mrs. Know-it-all, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. My head is swimming with all this advice from Denise. So I wondered, how does Denise garden differently now that she is retired, but yet a lifelong gardener? So I plant um, a lot of flowers, and I also do my herbs in deck boxes, you know, the saddle boxes that go on the railings of your mm -hmm. decks, mm -hmm. um, mainly because I don't have to traipse out to the garden if I want to get some basil or parsley. You know, it's right there, and I can go out and harvest it. And now... Last night, I am also an All-America Selections trial judge as I filled one of my deck boxes with moistened potting mix, not garden soil, potting mix, and you moisten it so it doesn't wick the water away. And then I just simply made some little holes with my gloved hands. Always wear gloves mm -hmm. uh, when working with soil, whether it's potting mix or not. You can get ringworm, and that's just nasty beyond right. right. And so I put my plants in. And I had already added some Osmocote into the uh, potty mix. And then I took a piece of an old hay rack, you know, the bar, the coconut fiber, mm -hmm. and I ripped them apart. And I lay them right on top and kind of use it as a mulch. And it really kind of finishes the box and it helps keep moisture in. And why you really don't have weeds in there. Sometimes a bird will stop by and get a piece or two for some nesting material. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had anybody nest in them yet. I've been lucky that way. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it just looks really nice and finishes it off. 
Huh. That was on your video. Are you going to do more videos? Uh, yes, I actually, um, when the weather cooperates a little bit more, I'm going to do potatoes, how to um, cut potatoes and grow potatoes, not in, you know, you don't have to have a farm to grow potatoes. You can grow them in five gallon buckets and there are, um, they're from Smart Pots. They have the potato bag that you can grow in there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do that. Now I'm growing Yukon Golds mm -hmm. and Yukon Gold potatoes like a little bit warmer weather. They don't, you know, whereas like the Kennebecs and the Red Pontiacs, you can start a little earlier. And when you, they're potatoes, there's like early season, mid season and late season potatoes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your potatoes are done growing when the foliage dies back. Okay. And you might get some flea beetle damage, you know, see the little holes on them. But all you have to do is make sure you obviously have to keep them watered. Right. And you have to uh, keep putting soil or straw on them just to keep, so as the plant grows, you can have more potatoes for them there too. But I find that the five gallon buckets are easy. Um, either there's two ways to do it. Have drainage holes in them, you know, mm -hmm. just get a, a nice big drill bit and, you know, poke about eight holes in there. Or you can cut the bottom off uh, mm -hmm. with a saw, a, a, not a chainsaw, a, an electric saw. Mm -hmm. And I have raised beds, but mine aren't, uh, mine don't have sides like wood or anything. Mine are more like graves. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so what I do is I take the bucket and I kind of twist it down into the soil to, you know, kind of stabilize it and then plant in there. And then I just keep adding soil for that. And I've grown potatoes before and I decided this year uh, I wasn't going to do it. And then I saw the potato farmers dumping all their potatoes. And I'm like, you know, I really like my potatoes and I really like Yukon Golds. So I'm growing potatoes this year. I just sewed actually a uh, row of beets tonight mm -hmm. and uh, my radishes uh, we get a little bit more rain. I'll be harvesting them. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime you're growing beets and radishes, you get a lot, the seeds are so fine. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is actually prick them out, you know, thin them out right. so that they actually develop. And uh, so that you can grow radishes until it starts getting really hot. And then come the end of August, you can start sowing them again. We start getting those cooler nights. Yeah. And, you know, going into the fall. And you can pretty much grow radishes until it snows, should you feel so inclined. I pretty much stop. You know, after the last frost, I'm not, I don't do any of the fall kale, coal crops at all. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it, it takes up too much space in my garden. And this way I can just, you know, I can go to the store and get that. But then there's the stuff I have in the freezer and the stuff that I have canned. Right. And in some respects, it, you can do the overwintering of vegetables and stuff. But don't you agree that even the garden needs a rest sometime? As I tell people, uh, winter is God's uh, gift to me to tell me to take a break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And know, that's what I, I'm scared of with so many people getting excited about gardening that they're just going to go full force and not know when to say, stop, smell the roses. Yeah. And, and you know what? The other thing is too, you remember I did this for a living for over 30 years mm. and I need a break. 
I, you know, I want to come in and I want to write and I want to watch some TV. I want to read a book. I want to take a nap. Mm -hmm. You want to have life. I, I want to have life. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't want to, you know, not only that, I try to put a cover crop on my garden mm -hmm. in the winter. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to do oats this year because they get winter killed, whereas, you know, you know, the rye doesn't always. In fact, yeah. Well, well, first of all, thank you for your hints and tips today, this evening. But one final question. Yes. For the new gardeners and the seasoned gardeners, what is your best, because you are Mrs. Know-it-all, What's your best advice for them this year? Well, I've got two pieces of advice. How's that? Okay. In, enjoy the garden. Don't overthink it. Um, follow sound advice mm -hmm. and not, you know, I want to do this and this and this and this. You know, it's like crafters and, you know, they end up being a hoarder if they've got all these craft materials and you know, I'm never going to learn how to, you know, make lace or something like that. Right. Uh, the other thing is uh, my pet peeve, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a crusade of mine, is people want to get rid of weeds. Yeah, granted, it's not fun pulling weeds. You know, I, I, I pull them every day and I'm like, I know that weed wasn't there yesterday and it's right back, you know, and I walk around with a little grocery bag throwing weeds in there. I'd never compost weeds mm -hmm. as uh, people are like, use Dawn dish soap and vinegar and Epsom salts. And now I'm seeing boric acid and a couple of other bizarre things. Mm -hmm. And you'll never, you'll never have to use Roundup again. Well, you know what? I get that if you don't want to use Roundup. Now... I still hold a private applicator's license. I was a public applicator for my entire career. Mm -hmm. But there are organic weed killers. Mm -hmm. And for things like thistle and dandelions, mm -hmm. there's some really good weeding tools that you got to dig them out. Yeah. You, can top, you can top kill this stuff. But that concoction is dangerous. Yes and it kills beneficials it kills earthworms so for gardeners who say they want to save the environment and be earth friendly that's really not the way to go somebody heard vinegar and thought heinz 57 which by the way is a pittsburgh brand and <laughs> it's great for canning and salad dressing mm -hmm. it's five percent acetic vinegar there's a horticultural vinegar and there's one brand and i I've only seen it, uh, I'm not getting money or anything for it, uh, called Green Gobbler. Mm -hmm. It is horticultural vinegar. It is 20% acetic acid. It is considered organic. It will not, you know, kill the earthworms. You know, it might kill ants, which would be okay with me if I've had problems. But it will kill anything. This mixture will not kill seeds. Mm -hmm. Uh, and neither will that Dawn dish soap. And so I don't want people using it, but I keep seeing it going around every year. Mm -hmm. And it, they're using all kind of combinations on it. It's just dangerous, mm -hmm. you know? And if you've got pets around, I actually saw one that contained boric acid Ooh. in it. And that's used in ant killer. 
And so, you know, like if your precious was walking and got it on his paw and, you know, dogs lick their paws, right? it can make him sick. And oh. the, uh, there's something called the LD50, mm-hmm. uh, which means a lethal dose that kills 50% of the population. Yeah. Actually, you only need a teaspoon of that that would actually uh, could kill a dog. Wow. You know, so, you know what? Be organic. That's fine. There's burnout. There's this green gobbler. There's a host of uh, Captain, uh, Captain Jack's makes some sort of a weed killer. I forget the name of it right now. Mm-hmm. You can use these, you know, I, don't, don't be cheap and do more damage. Um, right. You said I'm not a lot of swear, so I can't, t- uh, a, a friend of mine says cheap blank, mm-hmm. um, pay twice. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. That yes. makes sense. You know, yeah. and we okay. want to be, if you're going to, my, my, my key phrase this year is when you grab a spade or a, sho- a shovel, and you insert it into the ground, you've made a commitment to the earth that you're gonna be wise and that you're gonna be smart about what you're doing and you're gonna ask for help if you need it. Yeah, ab- absolutely, because here's something else when you put that shovel into the soil, mm-hmm. you know crabgrass seedlings, seeds can actually last 40 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Don't just kill. be smart Don't about kill. it. Yeah, yeah, just be smart about it, smart about it. Well, thank you for spending time with me this evening. Oh, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think we'll tap into you again, maybe even late summer, because if people have a successful growing season, which I know they will, they're going to need some hints and tips on what to do with all that stuff. Oh, I got plenty of recipes. <laughs> okay, great. Well, you have a great evening, okay? You too, Terry. Thank you. Have fun. Good gardening. Good gardening to you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Denise, for visiting me at the cottage. It was such an awesome morning. I had to choose a poem that took me back to the start of my day. I chose a poem by Mary Oliver. She speaks to me, you know. Why I wake early. Hello, sun in my face. Hello, you who make the morning and spread it over the fields and into the faces of tulips and the nodding morning glories and into the windows of even the miserable and the crotchety. Best preacher that ever was, dear star, that just happens to be where you are in the universe to keep us from ever darkness to ease us with warm touching, to hold us in the great hands of light. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Watch now how I start the day in happiness, in kindness. Mary Oliver really touches my soul. Now is the time for all of us to be kind and try to find a little happiness. 
please follow me. My website, cottageinthecourt.com. Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court. And on Facebook, Cottage in the Court. I also collaborate with a very dear friend of mine, Peggy Riccio of Pegplant. You might want to check her out as well. Pegplant.com. Until next time, remember, embrace the garden. It's there for you. Thank you.